This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. This is Less Than Live with Cater Die, a bi-weekly podcast about comics from all angles. I'm going to talk to you about what I'm reading and doing in the industry, as well as interviewing some of my friends and favorite creators. So come along with me on this journey into geek culture. On this episode of Less Than Live, I discuss writing Fraggle Rock and Edward Scissorhands. I swoon over new books, including The Wicked and the Divine, Through the Woods, and Seconds. Then talk to punk rock dreamboat and Batgirl artist Babs Tarr. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, It is episode three, and I am happy to be here. In the last couple of weeks, all that stuff that I kept hinting at, it got announced. And she got real. Um, So if you uh, (laughs) know me or my stuff at all, um, I am a comic writer, and uh, I have just been announced as the writer of two series, and one of them is Fraggle Rock, which is very exciting. I'm writing a four-issue miniseries for Boom Studios uh, that is being drawn by Jake Myler, who is an absolutely incredible artist. He's a, a digital painter and has worked on some Fraggle stuff before, and it is just gorgeous. It's a really fun story called Journey to the Everspring. It's a, all about doozers. Um, if you're a fan of the Fraggles growing up, doozers might have been one of your favorite parts. They were definitely one of mine. And I'm, I'm very excited about it. And I think it's going to be it's going to be really great. And that uh, starts coming out in early October, October 8th. And the other thing that I'm working on is Edward Scissorhands, which is um, nuts for me. Uh, I talk a lot every time I'm interviewed about it about being a goth teen, and it's funny, you know. It's a, it's a kind of a cute anecdote because it is, but uh, <laughs> it's so true. Um, I was an Emily the Strange obsessed, Dickies wearing fishnet sleeved eyeliner obsessed teenager, and Tim Burton was a god to me at that age. And you know, when I was offered the opportunity to work on that. It just, um, I did not believe it was real. I still don't believe it's real. It's starting to settle in now that it's actually been announced, but uh, that project is being drawn by Drew Rausch, uh, and he is awesome. You know, the guy, I think he comes from a very similar stock of weirdo. (laughs) And our editor, Sarah Gatos at IDW, who's putting it out, is also, you know, we're, we're all weird. We're all weird kids. And making this project together, which is going to be a five-issue miniseries that is, it's it's a kind of a sequel but uh, to the movie, but it's also its own story. I mean, it takes place within the same world, and it deals with the same themes, but we're definitely not taking the approach to it of, like, <laughs> you know, we're not retconning anything. We're not making the unnecessary, it's Edward Scissorhands, but with dinosaurs <laughs> kind of thing. It's it's really embracing the world and embracing the spirit of it as well as uh trying to tell trying to tell a new and interesting story. And I'm really stoked for that to come out and it should be around Halloween. And all this stuff is going to be announced and and talked about further at San Diego Comic-Con, which is coming up very soon and uh, everyone I know is stressed out of their minds about it, but I'm not going to be there because I'm going to be in Brooklyn watching Katy Perry in concert. <laughs> 
which is going to be great. Um, I have just come back from a small library show called Instacon, which was just outside of Philadelphia in a place called Kennett Square. And I I did a little show there uh, that was put together by one of uh, the Valkyries, the group that I run for women who work in comic shops. Um, One of the girls in it, uh, Ivy, works at this library and put together this show. And she is a crazy workaholic and kind of created this awesome thing for the teens that are, this is a shout out to BTML teens, by the way, you guys are amazing. (laughs) Um, Ivy and her very competent group of teens put together this sweet show and they brought me down and I had a really great time. So that was awesome. I did a signing at the comic book shop in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, which is a very sweet little store. Um, I say little is actually, it's bigger than my comic shop. Uh, It was really great and people were super awesome about it. So, you know, that's where I've been. Um, had a hellish 24-hour ordeal of flying home and sleeping on the floor of an airport. But such is the life of a traveling uh, celebrity. <laughs> not, mm, okay, not a celebrity, a person who sleeps on floors. So that was great. And in the midst of all that, when I finally landed in Canada, back in my homeland, and was greeted with the glorious bars of Wi-Fi on my phone. Uh, Edward Scissorhands had finally been announced and I was bleary and exhausted and hateful. And in that moment, it was, everything sort of shifted. And I was, I was really excited because comics is a waiting game. It's a long time between when you start putting together a pitch and when the world knows about it. And even between then and when you see it in print, it'll have been almost a year. So you know, keep that in mind if you're a person who ever wants to get into comics, or if you're a person who's in web comics and transitioning into print comics, that you need patience. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to, and uh, it's it's been a crazy exciting time. And I'm sort of in between shows right now, just kind of working on getting everything done. And uh, I'm just I'm excited about life in general. I spend a lot of time on my extended travel delays catching up on comics. I've been talking to you in both these previous episodes, you, the listener, you, the faceless old people who live in my home, about uh, Through the Woods, the collection that Emily Carroll did. And I can tell you now that it is finally available and you can buy it. It exists in the world. The paperback version is only $15, and if you're not willing to spend that on one of the greatest comics you will ever read, then um, there's nothing that I or anyone else can do for you. If you like horror stories, if you like indie comics, if you like feeling like there's something kind of crawling under your skin while you read, which I personally do, I... you have to check it out. This is a collection of stories that Emily has released both online and exclusively for the book. It has a really cute and creepy introduction that sets the tone super well. Um, you know, I've been talking about it and saying you should pick it up and saying you should order it, but here I am telling you that I have actually read it. I've held it in my hands. I have sold it to people. And you got to check it out. Uh, Emily just did a book launch for that at The Beguiling in Toronto, which is one of my favorite stores. And uh, I think it went over super well. My friend Sam Maggs, who works for the Mary Sue and is writing an awesome book about women in geek culture, kind of presented that. And I was super jealous that I couldn't be there. So it sounded great. 
Um, the other big launch this week was Seconds, uh, the follow-up, well, not a follow-up to Scott Pilgrim, but the newest book from uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, who was the creator of Scott Pilgrim. And uh, this has been really hyped, and it's been a long time coming, and I've been seeing process art for this for years now, and it finally exists. So it's a, a self-contained graphic novel uh, with amazing colors by Nathan Fairbairn, who's been doing the color versions of Scott Pilgrim. And uh, Dustin Harbin doing the lettering, who in his own right is an amazing cartoonist and kind of a staple in the indie comics world. So there's a really neat group of people working on this together. And I would say pick it up if you're a fan of Scott Pilgrim, but I would also say pick it up if you are a fan of um, Studio Ghibli movies and uh, of alternate realities. It's definitely got kind of a little bit of a creepy feeling to it. Very different from Scott Pilgrim, which was, you know, kind of a fight story, a lot of video game references, and very fun and upbeat. And this definitely has a slower pace and a quieter tone. Um, But it is beautiful. And, you know, Brian Lee O'Malley obviously has crazy stepped up his art game for this. Some of the layouts, the paneling in it is just... And you can see it's someone who's been working for a long time and has been doing nothing but improving his craft. So it sounds like a suck up, but it's true. It's a beautiful book. I read the whole thing in one night. I couldn't put it down. And that takes a lot for me because I am very easily distracted. So definitely check out Seconds. Uh, He's touring around with that right now. And uh, he's actually going to be in Halifax, uh, where I am from, doing a signing on uh, August the 2nd. So uh, my comic shop, Strange Adventures, is putting that on. Got to plug it. It's going to be exciting. Other new books that came out uh, this past week on uh, July the 16th were the first volumes of both Deadly Class and Black Widow. I had mentioned Deadly Class a little bit before, and uh, up in our interview later, Babs Tar talks about how great it is because it is so great. And that first volume, like every image first volume, is $10. Awesome story about a homeless kid who gets recruited to a school of assassins. Uh, the art is super great. I talked about it before. You know what it's about. But you should pick it up. A beautiful volume. They did some spot gloss on the cover, which if you're kind of a design nerd like me, is it's pretty exciting. Uh, Black Widow is the first volume of the newest arc by uh, Phil Noto, kind of the newest interpretation of the character. Really great to pick up if you don't know the character, if you're not really familiar with her, or you kind of have a, a passing interest because of the Avengers movies, which is fine. You know, anything that gets you reading comics. Um Phil Noto's art is beautiful. He doesn't do a lot of interiors, so it's exciting to see him doing an ongoing project and really kind of pushing himself artistically, it feels like, you know, more and more and telling a really cool spy story. And if you're into spy stories, you got to pick up Velvet Volume 1, which is out a couple weeks ago, but uh, that is uh, Ed Brubaker's, and I'm not sure if I already mentioned it, but seriously, $10. Image, never change. <laughs> also, the last week, I believe, was the first volume of Rocket Girl, uh, similarly $10, if I can remember correctly, uh, by Amy Reader and doing the art, and that is a super fun sci-fi series. If I get repetitive, it's just because I'm really, I get really stoked about good comics, <laughs> and I get excited about good first volumes because there's nothing more exciting than being able to get somebody into a series or into a character or even into a comic shop in the first place. So try them out. Pick them up. You know, it's, it's a thing that I wish more comic companies would adapt, and it was sort of something that feels like Image almost stumbled into with the first volume of The Walking Dead being $10 and then the first volume of Saga being 
and that selling, you know, thousands of copies. And somebody obviously made the choice to to continue that trend. And that's awesome. So, yeah, try a new series. The worst thing that can happen is you're out $10. And, you know, the best thing that can happen is you you try something new. So those I really, really love. Uh, it's It's been mostly book reading for me lately. I'm doing, keeping up with single issues, reading all kinds of stuff. The, uh, the Adventure Time number 30 was done in a really awesome zine style. It's on, like, newsprint paper. A whole bunch of different artists contributed to it. Uh, indie comic staples like my friend Becca Tobin and uh, Liz Prince contributed stories. It's super fun. It's really different. I don't know how kids are going to feel about it, but... It's really cool, and it, it's neat, and hopefully it feels like something that would inspire somebody to maybe try um, making comics of their own. Uh, Miss Marvel, the newest issue just came out, and uh, Jake Wyatt is doing the art probably for a couple issues. And if you've been a fan of Adrian Alfona's art on the series, I feel like it blends really, really well. And this is the thing that I felt like Hawkeye did so successfully with David Aja and as the artist and then with artists that came on to work on it like Annie Wu and Chris Samney, like being so complimentary in terms of style. And this, I kind of think is the same thing. It's very smart. You know, it can be really jarring when a series you're reading brings on a supplementary artist or, you know, an occasional artist. And uh, the style is super, super different. And people are very fickle. You can stop reading a series just because, you know, one issue is drawn by someone you don't like. But this is really smart. Jake's stuff is super funny. Wolverine shows up. There are evil alligators in... And I love it. I love the interactions. I love that Miss Marvel, that this new Miss Marvel, that Kamala Khan is being so welcomed into the Marvel universe um, without forcing you to read a whole bunch of crossovers. So that's really, really awesome. And, uh, you know, keeping up with all the regulars. Still reading She-Hulk. Still loving (laughs) She-Hulk. And uh, I don't even know if I've properly mentioned it. And it's kind of my last big plug for the week is The Wicked and the Divine. And I talked about it a bit with... um, uh, Brooke Allen last week or last episode when we were talking about comics that we're reading but uh, Wicked and the Divine is uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey who worked on Young Avengers and on Phonogram together and uh, it's it's one of those series that I'm two issues in and like a lot of people I'm not 100% sure what's going on felt the same way when I read Pretty Deadly felt the same way when I read a lot of books but I always hold out faith that it will begin to come together and usually when it does it's super satisfying as it was with Pretty Deadly um, it's a story kind of about the, this pantheon of gods who every 90 years or so comes back and inhabits the bodies of young people and they're famous and loved and hated. And then within, we're, we are told within two years, they're dead. We don't know a lot of information yet. There's a really hot David Bowie looking Lucifer lady. There's just a whole bunch of awesome characters. Rihanna shows up as Sekhmet. <laughs> it's great. And uh, it's an independent title, original. Um, it's it's really fun. Um, I love Jamie's art. I've you know these guys make really fun, great comics. Young Avengers was super fun and accessible, and this is very different, but uh, totally worth checking out. So try some new comics. Go buy more comics. Just, just do it. It's good for you. She's so sweet. My friend Sarah McHenry, who is at Yellow Cardigan on Twitter, asks, Kate, what other superhero comics are good if I've never read any until now? I'm reading She-Hulk, Hawkeye, and Miss Marvel. Sarah, you have really good taste. 
and the, I may have recommended all of these things to you. But anyway, um, so I'm not reading a lot of ongoing current superhero comics. I'm reading those titles, and I'm reading Captain Marvel, and I'm reading Black Widow. I'm reading The Ladies. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and sort of recommend collections because that's sort of um, that's what I tend to, to use to get people into comics because it can be hard with single issues. Um, and it really depends on what you like. Now, I, I definitely recommend the new Daredevil series uh, that uh, Chris Samney is drawing that Mark Wade did uh, the earlier. So basically, Daredevil had an, an earlier run that got up to a 30-ish-ish issues, and that's collected into books now that you can get pretty easily. And if you like Hawkeye, it definitely has a similar look and uh, is kind of more in that same vein of being more about the character than about crazy intergalactic space battles or, you know, super complicated uh, storylines. So that's that's definitely accessible in a really cool way. And a lot of the, the newer Marvel titles are doing that or trying to do that. Always recommend Young Avengers. It's a short run, but it's very good. The older collection of Young Avengers and the new ones, they're all really great. Um, Runaways is really fun. It's a series that's been finished now, but definitely, and especially the earlier volumes are a teen, you know, a superpowered teen group very much in the same vein as the X-Men who find out that their parents are super villains. So they're kind of forced out on their own. Um, there's a lot of, you know, representation of different people of color, different sexual orientations. And, uh, that was something that, you know, people and I really love about the X-Men, but I find the X-Men a lot of the time very difficult to get into. So definitely runaways in terms of like Batman, Superman, there's a lot of good standalone books, even if you don't want to get into the ongoing continuity. Um, there are a couple Batman ones I really love. Batman Ego, that's a Darwin Cook collection of a bunch of shorter stories that is really, really awesome. And uh, he and Ed Brubaker, I believe, also did a really great run on Catwoman, which uh, Cameron Stewart later did some on that was really good and has an awesome Catwoman costume. So that's super fun. Um Batgirl and Robin Year One is a book I always recommend. And uh, Superman Red Sun is a really cool Elseworlds book, which is kind of like if Superman, instead of having landed in, you know, a small town America, landed in Russia. Uh, so it's very different. And uh, <laughs> there's a Batman shows up as Batman Kopf. Um, I always recommend Elseworlds books because they're usually standalone and they're usually self-contained. Uh, or stories that kind of were built to be their own story, like Spider-Man Blue, which is a really great Spider-Man story, even though I don't really read Spider-Man. Um, a lot of the times, your best situation is to go into a comic book shop, talk to the person there, if they're nice, about what you like, and they can usually give you kind of more tailored recommendations. But I would say start with some of those. At Ben Etherington asks, I just saw a pirated comic master post on Tumblr. Okay for people who can't afford local stores or not at all? This is iffy. Um, I, everyone's a pirate of one thing or another. I think in a generation where we're all on our computers and don't have unlimited funds, it's safe to say everyone, most people, download something. And it's, but I can't condone comics. I know. I know it's probably hypocritical, but I've worked in comic book stores for years, and I love comics, and I care about the comic book industry, so I can never implicitly say, yeah, sure, you should download that. Um, I would way rather people pay for the titles that I have written than steal them. I think the, the same is to say for anyone. You would rather sell a print of your art than have someone 
take it off your table or print it themselves at home. I think if you can't afford a comic, there are so many free comics online. There are so many web comics that you can read without paying for anything or paying by donation or supporting in some other way. There's an unlimited amount on on Tumblr, on on Twitter, like comics that have their own websites. There's superhero stuff. There's autobiographical stuff. There's so much out there that you can have access to that I think if you're not really willing to pay for, you know, stuff that had to be worked on by a large team of people, editors and shippers, and it's not just the artist or the writer. You know, everyone needs to benefit from the comic selling well. And in an industry that is losing money because it's print, it's, it's... There are other ways, too. I mean, you've got Comixology, where you can buy comics online and you can read them digitally. You can still support the creators that way. I think that's really awesome, and I definitely recommend that for people who don't have access to a local comic book store. Although, even if you don't, many comic book stores will mail to you. This is a very common service. So, you know, look look to the alternatives uh, instead instead of stealing I can't, I can't, don't, don't steal from cartoonists. We're not rich. Nobody's in this business to get a mansion. Uh, so do what you can. Our third question also comes from at Ben Etherington because he asked two really good questions and I'm not too proud, uh, which is in light of DashCon, what do you as a frequent con goer think makes a good, bad, or horrible con? And for those who might not have been paying attention to Tumblr over the weekend because you have a life or children or obligations. Uh, DashCon was a fan-organized con about Tumblr, basically, and I wasn't there. I don't know a ton of information about it, so I can't speak to it uh, super knowledgeably, but from what I heard, it it was kind of an organizational disaster. The money for it was not available. Uh, Performers were not compensated. People whose hotels were supposed to be covered for the convention, their hotels were not covered. They were forced to pay for it. And a lot of people left. And uh, (laughs) people, (laughs) the short story is that uh, the crew of Welcome to Night Vale, my favorite podcast, uh, yeah, my favorite podcast, um, were meant to perform at this convention and uh, they were not compensated. And they are performers. They have to make a living. They have to tour. They have to eat. And it's totally reasonable for people who are not being compensated for their work to walk away from the work. So they did not perform. And who could blame them? (laughs) Because if you showed up to your job and they said, yeah, we're just not going to pay you today, you would not feel any obligation to do said job. So people who came to the show and were waiting to go see this, um, performance were compensated by an extra hour in the ball pit, which was, and I've seen photos and anyone can see photos, literally a half inflated ball pit in in the middle of the floor, which according to rumor and legend that I want to believe someone had peed in. This is real life. And this is what happens when, yeah, I don't, there's no excuse for it. And it's horrible and I feel so bad. And and a lot of people said that they did have good experiences there, but um, from a professional standpoint, it seemed like a disaster. And I don't think I'm out of line saying that because everyone has said that. Um, so 
uh, after that point, what makes a good, bad, or horrible con? Um, I have been to a lot of really great cons. I've been super fortunate. I haven't had any really terrible experiences uh, in terms of organization or, you know, staff or things like that. I've been to shows where the staff have seemed uh, like they weren't really properly trained for the experience or were not interested in comics. And, you know, that's fine. But I've never had anyone tell me that I couldn't get back my very expensive performance ticket. But I could instead sit in a ball pit. <laughs> Which was free, by the way. So getting an extra hour in the ball pit. Anyway. Um, I think really great cons come down to being run by people who understand conventions, who've been to a lot of conventions, who know retailers and vendors and artists and ask them for their input. One of... I mean, two of my favorite conventions in the world are Emerald City Comic Con and TCAF. And Emerald City, I've, I've mentioned, it's a larger convention. It definitely has celebrity guests and is closer to the scale of a New York Comic Con or a San Diego. Um, but it is run by people who really care, who are very adamant about listening to what people want from a convention and uh, enforce really important things like the cosplay is not consent rule, which means that you are not to harass or take photographs of cosplayers without their consent. I mean, obviously, you, you never have the consent to harass someone, but... Um, you know, generally uh, an enforced environment of respect and fun and uh, <laughs> enforced environment of respect. But it's true. Um, and, you know, they, they really encourage you to report bad behavior and they really work hard at improving the environment for everybody. And TCAF is an, an independent comics show. It's a smaller show in a library. I mean, it's a big library. But again, it's run by people who really care about the artists and they really listen to feedback. And it's a free show, too, which is really cool because I think charging exorbitant fees for people to come to your convention rather than um, leaving them with that money to spend on the artists and on the vendors that you have at your convention can be a little silly. Once you've got 100 bucks out of your budget to actually just get into the show, that's $100 less than you can spend on the people that are coming to the show. And while I understand that obviously costs need to be covered and I'm not blaming any show that charges an admission fee because most of them do and you have to pay for the venue and you have to pay for the artists and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying it's neat uh, when shows do kind of put that focus on on the artists, you know. And I think it's it's shows who listen. It shows that 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 want it to be fun and and care. You know, it's... It's kind of the same with any business. It's just being mindful, uh, listening to your feedback, and uh, you know, making sure everybody has a good time rather than just trying to make money. And that's just a good attitude to take with anything. So, in conclusion, pay your artists, <laughs> pay your performers, and don't let anyone pee in the ball pit. <laughs> Up next, we are going to talk to Babs Tar, the recently announced artist of the new Batgirl series, which everyone in the entire world seems to be excited about. But before that, let me sell you something. This podcast is now brought to you by Audible.com, where you can get a free download and a 30-day free trial just by going to audibletrial.com forward slash less than live. That's less than live, all one word, all caps. There are over 150,000 titles to pick from for whichever device you prefer to use to listen to smooth, sexy audiobooks. Got a thing for British accents and great stories? I recommend The Ocean at the End of the Lane or any one of a dozen titles by Sandman author Neil Gaiman. Just hit up audibletrial.com forward slash less than live. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. She's gonna 
Today I'm talking to Babs Tarr, who is the artist on the upcoming um, new Batgirl series from DC, which is really exciting. It has a lot of people excited, and I can't stop talking about it. Uh, Hi, Babs. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good. So, this is kind of a big deal. Yeah, this is crazy. This is insane. (laughs) I did not realize, I did not expect it to, to get such a reaction. It's been nuts. I mean, I have not... Like, I've only been super into comics for a couple of years, but, you know, even when the Captain Marvel redesign came out, and people were really excited about that, and it is awesome. Like, the response to this has been, you know, I've never seen that much fan art come out. Yeah, and it's been five days now. Yeah. I saw a photo of someone in cosplay this morning. Yeah, there's been a couple. There's been a couple already. That's, like, how does that feel? That must feel totally... It's Nuts. insane. Um, well, the co- like my illustrations have been cosplayed before, so that's pr- that's pretty cool. But I'm a, I'm a little used to it now. Yeah. But um, the happens so fast is is like I c- I can't even imagine. It's I don't know. I just didn't expect this. It's like really insane. I guess it feels like people must have been really hungry for something like this to come out, like for this this tone to be be hit. You know. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to kind of explain to it to the the guys who record the podcast, like, why this is such a big deal and, um, you know, why why this is really hitting with people. And it's kind of hard to explain. It's just, like, people were just so hungry for something new and accessible. Accessible. Yeah, that's such a good, a good word for it. I feel like I was, I'm finishing up some pages and I'm sharing them with Cameron and I'm, and we're like, oh, I like that face. No, this is cool. And I'm just like, man, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of our readers. Cause like, I feel, feel like I wish I had this comic to read when I was little. Like, cause I always liked comics and I was an illustrator and I was in art and it was so close. And I was like, I'd go into comic shops and I'd be like, yo, like, do you have something like, like fun and like with like some flirt in it and sassy and like they wouldn't really know what to give me and I thought oh well they're dudes like maybe they don't read that kind of thing and then I'm realizing now that it must have not really not really been been there maybe I don't think it was in the same way that um I don't know that kind of is now like I started trying to get into superhero comics when the the new 52 started and I got like a couple issues in didn't really follow through with a ton of it but um but I'm loving like a lot of the new Marvel stuff like I love Miss Marvel and I love She-Hulk and because it is kind of accessible yeah yeah She-Hulk is awesome <laughs> I love that comic so much so it's so neat like it's neat to see that DC is doing this and kind of taking a chance like it's so different than everything else that they're putting out right now Man, uh, yeah, I just, when Cameron initially, like, uh, proposed this to me, he didn't tell me what it was, but he did tell me, it was like, oh, like, for DC, and I'm like, I, do you email the right person? Because <laughs> number one, like, I hadn't done sequential work before, and number two, like, my stuff looks nothing like anything that they've published. Well, that's so, what I think is so cool about it. Yeah, so I was like, I, when he emailed me, it was very, I was very like, you know, yeah, yeah, of course I'd love to, like, of course I'd love to be a part of that project, you know, like, these are the logistics of me, but, like, you know, if you're, if you are willing to work with that, like, so am I, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, we had, I mean, 
there's been a lot of announcements about it and a lot of talk about the series and your name attached. And I think it's really cool because a ton of people have probably been finding you and your art through, I mean, you've been on MTV and like CNN, like, <laughs> which is crazy because I've been a huge fan of your stuff for years. And I remember because, I mean, you probably wasn't supposed to, but Cameron told me about it before it was announced to just kind of like bounce it off me because, you know, to see how people were feeling about it. And I was freaking out. Really? Oh, I was so excited. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm working on Bad Girl. I was like, oh, that's super cool because I love your comics. That's awesome. He's like, yeah, so guess who's drawing it? I'm like, what? And he told me. And I, like, I thought I, I, thought I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> just because yeah, it's like, so different and it's so fun. So, I mean, did that, did he just, like, contact you out of the blue? Or? Out of the blue. It was literally, Cameron literally emailed me. He was like, he was like, you probably know who I am. And I did because I follow him on almost all the social medias. And right. um, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm working with this writer and we're, it's like a superhero girl. And I can't tell you who it is yet, but we're talking to DC about it. And, you know, would you be, would you be interested was the first email. And I, of course I wrote, yes, of course I'd be interested. And then, um, and then, yeah, he emailed me again. He was like, so the way it works, it sounded like, is that um, Batgirl's up for grabs. And then a bunch of writers can submit ideas for the next, like, the, where it can go next. So he hadn't even had the job yet, officially. Oh, wow. Yeah, so when he was contacting me, like, I think the, it goes, like, the writers get a story together, and then they submit the story along with, like, ideas of people to draw it. And I know... It was, like, my name along with, other like, 20 other artists. Wow. And I, you know, like, I heard that, and I was like, okay, well, that's, ins- like, that's insane if they pick me. <laughs> I, just <didn't, laughs> I just didn't think I had a chance. Like, I knew my style was cool and stuff, but, like, why would DC Comics, like, like, like put their faith in me? And it's, like, really because Cameron, like, is vouching for me, and he, you know, we talked about it a lot, about, um, about, um, like the logistics of like how fast I could like page like page and ink and stuff and I'm just like if we want this thing to like move fast like you 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 might want to do the layouts <laughs> and that's like kind of why we got to that like I did some test pages eventually when the editor contacted me right um, they were like do you have any sequential work and I was like <laughs> I was like I know that you know that I don't have sequential work like I was thinking that in my head she was had been talking with Cameron so I know she knew I did not have sequential work right so I was like no I don't but I would love to do some test pages for you so um all about my lonesome I did uh I did one I did uh two pages and the first one like Cameron wrote the scenes for me he like wrote a little scene for me to do right and I like paneled it and sketched it and stuff and the first page turned out really good because it was just like uh like her getting up in the morning and like going out the door right and then the second page I ran into some trouble because it was like action like I started getting the action beats which I don't usually draw like all the time so like the cute posy like oh I'm brushing my teeth and oh I'm walking out the door like I was like good I was good with that stuff but the action stuff I kind of stumbled on so um I think it'll be good to have him help me with that with those layouts and have him help with the layouts and stuff like that like the whole storytelling part of it is just well, I, got, I, I think that's really neat because it's something, you know, in terms of collaboration, like it's normally 
pencil or ink or colorist or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with Cameron, who's been doing this for years and years and years and has so much experience, um, you know, setting up a page layout for something like this, it's really neat to have him... So is it just, like, you know, where the panels are going, or is it, like, you know, here's where the, the figures are going to be? Yeah, it's, like, the uh, there's, like, kind of line work in the background for, like, if it's a building or, like, a room. Like, he'll add a little bit of line work in the background, and then he'll have um, where the people are and, like, kind of which way the, they're looking, you know? And um, yeah. a little bit of, like, outfit detail. Like, his actually, his, his uh, layouts aren't right now are, like, really detailed for the first issue. Mm-hmm. Like, they're way more detailed than I need. And I, like, told him that, and he's like, oh, you know, this is, I'm just being, like, really fastidious for this first one because, like, it, you know, yeah, the I just first one's to a pretty big be, deal. like, really good. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like, I understand that. But, you know, I was trying to, like, I felt bad. I felt, you know, I felt a little guilty that, um, to have him do the layouts because I know they're, like, a lot of work, but apparently not for him because he's a super speed demon and yeah. such a pro. But, you know, I was feeling guilty, and I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't need that much detail, but if you want to put it there, that's, you know, like, I'm not going to stop you. So the first one, we, he only has the one issue, one laid out layouts right now, so the first one has turned out pretty pretty detailed, but, you know, hopefully he'll see that I can, like, I can nail it without all that, and he can, like, relax. I think so. I mean, I think you're, you're building up, you know, a creator, or, like, a, a creator sort of relationship that way. Yeah, we're like figuring out the process right now. Yeah, it's like that, I think, with any team. I mean, I'm working on stuff with a bunch of different artists, and it's different with everybody about how much description they want. And, you know, because there's some artists that I'm, like, writing scripts for where I can just be like, you know, if it's Adventure Time, I can be like, you know, this just panel is just Jake, and he'll know what to do or whatever. Um, but other artists want more detail and want more specifics. And, you know, you figure out, you get a rhythm, and I think that'll totally happen. Um are you are you doing the color too? No, Jordy is doing the color. Oh right, right. Oh, Jordy. Jordy Belair. And then um Jordy's a goddess. Yeah, she seems really cool and I really hope I don't make her mad. That's all no, I know. I doubt it. She's really, really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you guys would totally get along. And I was like I was like, Jordy, like I'm gonna try my very best to like never turn in pages late to you and she's like she's like, As long as you don't like go hide out in your art hole and not like you know, talk to me or let me know what's going on. Like, I don't care. She was like, I mean, of course, give me the pages on time. But it's like, if you can't, <laughs> like, don't, don't, like, don't go radio silent on me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I can do that. <laughs> I've, I've had, I haven't had to deal with that too much, but it's, it seems kind of scary that someone just would be like, stop responding. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think you guys will gel. And it really feels like a lot of really good elements coming together um Jordy doing colors is amazing so nice like I can't get over it like and Brendan too who seems really cool funny he's like I haven't met him yet but he feels like a a silly anime character to me right now (laughs) like he's really funny and like um Cameron's great too but he's a little more of a straight man and I was like, oh, we've been texting each other through all this craziness and it's just funny to like see them interact. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I yeah, I had just met Brendan sort of through this bad girl thing basically, just being um overly enthusiastic. Uh and then we started following each other. So, he seems really really nice. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I'm trying to like I'm really trying to take their cues like those boys, you know, cuz they've been through this comic stuff before and this is all new to me like especially to this like 
these ma- these many eyeballs have never been on me before. So this is like seeing what they tweet and how they react and like their responses to things. Like Cameron's so impressive the way he like he like kind of kind of talks to people on Twitter. I feel like he even like confronts people about their thoughts and like even if they're negative and stuff. Like like I don't know. I'm afraid I'd like lose a fight. Like you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's an art to it i think yeah it's Just really impressive i'm learning like I, i'm watching those guys like this whole thing is like like a crash course this is like the crash course for me right now this is very intense it doesn't it doesn't get much bigger um than great for <laughs> well i mean you know you could dance around it and be like no it's not Go downhill from here babs <laughs> I think it's going to be huge. I mean, I can't, like, because I, so I run this this group, uh, the Valkyries, which is this group for women who work in comic shops. And Cameron's been talking to me because yeah. he wants to to connect with us. And, you know, because it That's is this smart. group, this huge group of female retailers or women retailers. And, um, you know, we are stoked. Like, the reaction, I mean, you saw the comic. But um, it's been it's been crazy. It's just like so many girls and not just in our group but from what i've seen online like one of the most common things i've seen them say is like either i've never bought a dc comic and i'm gonna start or i stopped buying dc comics <laughs> and i'm gonna start again and that yeah. like even in the group it's been the same thing it's just been like wow this is giving me a reason to check this out and man if i'm glad dc is embracing it and and paying attention to it and, and like giving it you know, the support that it deserves. Yeah, me too. Like, I think, you know, they're gonna, because of the reaction it got, like, I we've been talking with them, and I think they're gonna rally behind us, like, super hard. Like, we're gonna get some good, good promo action going on. I'm stoked. And, like, f- probably 14 girls in the Valkyries ordered those yellow Doc Martens. <laughs> I'm not joking. I heard they're, like, almost impossible to find now. Yeah, when I bought, I bought a pair. Um, I want a pair. Someone wanted to send me a pair to sign. You should let them. That's I know. awesome. I, was, I told them they could. Uh, I'm going to get you to sign mine when I'm at Boston. See? <laughs> I want to sign so many yellow Doc Martens. Well, I had to get them shipped to to Betty, our mutual friend, Betty Fellin. Um, yeah, she's great. Because I'm staying with her for Boston. And uh, the only way I could get the shoes was because I'm I live in Canada, so I'd have them shipped. To, oh, she told to her. me that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, you're not allowed to steal them because I know you would. But I think she got her own pair. So oh, yeah, she did. She told me she did. She's um, like, I'm not going to do that exact costume, but I'm going to do like my Betty Felton version of it. But she does. She does <laughs> like, that like Batman '66 Batgirl outfit. That's so amazing. So cute. Yeah, I drew it for. Her. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was so cute. Yeah. This is, I mean, backstory for anybody listening who doesn't know. Um, the day that the Batgirl, that this creative team was announced, um, our friend Betty Fellin, who does the uh, best cosplay ever feature on Comics Alliance and is like a cosplay expert, um, posted a link to the Doc Martens website where they had the exact Batgirl yellow, like rubberized Doc Martens. And they were on sale, like crazy on sale. That specific day, which was so weird. I feel like there's got to be a nerd somewhere at Doc Martens. <laughs> yeah. But in the morning, they had every size. And by the time I checked it at night before I went to bed, they were out of every size except for the two smallest ones. <laughs> which is not, I mean, that's, you know, I, it's one thing, too. It's not just, you know, the fan reaction to the excitement about the comic and, like, people buying the comic. It's just, like, it blows my mind when I think about retailers who don't market 
to women and to girls and to like younger women because yeah. clearly we will throw money at this stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh, like just teenage girls in general are not even, you know, like not teenage girl, like me still, but you know, like I feel like we have this type of obsession, this yeah. undying obsession. If you like hit the right chord, like you're going to make money off them for a really long time. <laughs> I mean, like. I have the haircut that I have is half because of Lumberjanes and half because of Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we right. will we will go to extreme lengths to yeah. uh, express our fandom, and so I will wear those yellow Doc Martens, and not everyone will know that it's because of Batgirl, but you know that's my favorite kind of thing. It's that like subtle homage, yeah, to the stuff that you that you like, like Sailor Moon necklaces and stuff. You know, it's just like little things. Oh yeah. Um. So I, I first found your stuff probably through, uh, it's been like a couple of years, but definitely the biggest thing for you, I mean, in terms of exposure before this was probably those biker gang, Sailor yeah. Scouts. The Bozazuko biker, biker Scouts. Yeah, which are awesome. And I've seen <laughs> a lot of cosplay of that. Yes. Which is really cool. It's so fun. Yeah, I love it. People people do their their little interpretations of it, which is so neat to see how they translate my illustrations to like real life. And some sometimes it's like it really sings like it, they take it like beyond like what I could have imagined, and that's the coolest. That's like the coolest part. What's so neat? I mean, I've I've only had a couple experiences with people cosplaying because I've mostly worked on you know licensed stuff or someone else has been drawing. But like, it's it's got to be so neat to think about the fact that like. This group of, I mean, because a lot of the time I've seen it be five friends. Like, the, they'll do the whole inner senshi yeah. as a group of people. And you think about the fact that, like, this group of five people spent probably months or, like, <laughs> definitely dedicated weeks putting this together. Did you see the one where they actually got the motorcycles? No. What? Uh, yeah, there's one up there. If you go to uh, my Facebook my Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh, my my like fan page one, there's this uh, gallery section called Babs Con. And it's like, all, <laughs> it's like all the cosplayers. Like, and I have to update it because oh, there's so cool. been ones this past couple weeks um, that did the Chun Li girl that I, the Chun Li oh, character. Right. Yeah, that was really on. cool. Um, but if you check it out, there's like these girls in France, like, got the bikes together and did the exact layout of my illustration like they're all posed as close as they possibly could be to my illustration on motorcycles in the outfits that's insane it was insane that's probably my favorite one just because they they actually have the bikes which is like and it's not like it's they're not like the crazy cartoon bikes i have they're like all kinds of different motorcycles but still to be like to have to have gotten the motorcycles together and she took me she i contacted the girl that organized it and her her english was a little broken she's from france but she you know she did tell me that it took her like two months to organize that whole thing i would imagine and then they have like little youtube videos too like on youtube of them like you know they can't drive them. They're like someone else's. So these boys are like these boys are like driving them up and like That's lining awesome. them up for the girls, and the girls are riding on the back, and it's like really cute. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, I mean, you, when I drew that, I didn't expect anyone to. I didn't. I didn't expect anyone to ever dress up as it. It was just kind of like a very uh, self-serving illustration. Like I love Sailor Moon, and I love like cool bikes and I love Japan and I love like bright colors and like punk stuff and I was just trying to like draw something really cool and then it just kind of like 
it kind of hit a chord with a ton of people, which is, I think people were hungry for, you know, some badass Sailor Scouts. I really feel like it launched kind of a, a huge wave of fan art of punk <laughs> Sailor Moon and like other magical girls like punk Madoka and stuff. Like there's punk, punk card captor, which we don't yeah. see enough of. Just everything from Clamp in a studded vest is all I want. Um, but yeah, that, that was that was really cool. I love seeing the cosplayers of that kind of stuff because it's so, I mean, especially when you draw something and you're not considering in your mind, like, how would somebody make this costume? So you're not necessarily making it easy. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. The, the one, the Sailor Mars, like, that shirt thing, I remember, like, that's fairly complicated if I'm remembering it right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the fact that somebody put that together. And, and that was, I mean, I feel like that's a real thing in with that Batgirl costume is that it's so cosplayable. Yeah. Like, well, that is... We, I mean, I will confess we had that in mind when we, like, designed it. Yeah. Like, our, well, Cameron did the base of it, really. Like, he's going to post about it. Um, he did, like, the base of her, and I added all the, the little fashion-y details. You'll, you'll see a post about it soon, but. Um, Who's responsible for the, the, the clasps on the cape? That's Cameron. That was oh, all Cameron. Man. That's so good. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. They're Sorry. awesome. <laughs> the snaps. The snaps. Did you see that one, uh, uh, that one fan art? I've it's seen like, like six hundred fan arts. The back, it's the Batgirl logo in purple and the in lettering in the logo. It says, oh, it says oh, oh snap. snap! Yes, <laughs> so good. That's I'm such like, a good logo. Everyone told DC to make this into a T-shirt and contact this illustrator. <laughs> you should get We Love Fine. I'm sure they would do it. We can't. We can't. You can't. Oh, okay, I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> so DC, yeah, they should do it. They should do it. <laughs> yeah. And make sure it's in girls' sizes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm already waiting for like the the Batgirl shirt to be in previews. It needs to be there like yesterday. <laughs> I hope that oh, happens. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, we need one in girls' sizes. Well, they had all the. I mean, not to disparage, and it's not really them. It's more the t-shirt design companies. But they have so many, like, because previews is a magazine that comic shops order from, and they always have like female superhero, female superheroes like Wonder Woman and Batgirl, but they're on like men's unisex like Gildan shirts. Which never makes sense to me. Yeah. So, you know. Well, maybe that's something we'll t- uh, we'll try to push for. Our team will try to push for, like, lady tees. Yeah. I think they, I mean, they they would, even that, like, a logo like that. It's not, like, just the basic Batgirl. I don't know. There's yeah. a million things you could do. Dark purple. Yeah, Cameron did a great piece of fan art with a girl wearing a Batgirl shirt. We should just. Oh, I loved that. We should just make that shirt. I <laughs> have <laughs> the girl wearing the Batgirl shirt. On the Batgirl shirt? No, no, just the one that the guy. So meta. Batgirlception. Drawing, like drawing the layouts and writing it is also drawing it. And on the back, there's a picture of Cameron drawing the layout for the t-shirt, and you're like looking at it. Too many layers. <laughs> Going deep into the dream. So meta. Um, so my my transition, uh, which is not so subtle at all, from the that those crazy buses. How do you say it? Bosazuko? Bosazuko. Bosazuko. Um, Sailor Scouts is... How many times have you watched the first episode of Sailor Moon Crystal? Like like seven times. I know I should. If I was a real fan, it'd be way more. But <laughs> it's hard to... It's it's. I wish it was in English because I like to... I like once I watch it once, like I kind of like to play it in the background. Understand what's going on. But I've seen it a few times and I love it. And I cried and I was like really nervous about the whole thing. And there's only yeah. like a few things that 
like a couple things that I, you know, that really bother me. But you know what? You know what? I watched it this weekend. And then I watched it again, like back to back with the first episode of the original series, which is, it's, I think I like the old one better still. I think I'm always going to like the old one better. But if you watch it back to back, I recommend this to everyone, like watch it back to back. And I think there's something that just like doesn't, it doesn't translate because they're trying to make it so pretty. Yeah. I think that's true. I mean, I sort of like the crazy, awkward stumbling, like over-exaggerated expressions. It's very relatable, you know, and, and cause I get a little turned off by everything having to be too glossy and too pretty. And I, yep. I sort of like that Serena always has those like horrible, grotesque facial expressions <laughs> in that, um, I say Serena, I suppose I should say Usagi for the new one, but I grew up with Sailor Moon on YTV. I, didn't I know. Even... I'm going to call her Serena too, like once in a while. That's okay. I'm a bad fan. But, um, yeah, no, so I, I watched it too. Um, and, uh, it was the day we had a power outage at our house. And the, the first thing I woke up in the morning, my roommates were like, okay, so we have to, like the first thing we have to do just cause we know the power is going to go out cause it was going out everywhere in town. It was a crazy <sighs> storm. Oh. They were like, we have to take, you know, the stuff out of the freezer. We have to like boil some water. And I was like, I have to watch Sailor Moon Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> before our internet so everyone dies. was doing like these super important like <laughs> yeah. safety things and you're yeah. like watching a cartoon <laughs> you're the bad roommate i am a really bad roommate <laughs> I, um, you know i do i helped out later um <laughs> no that's not, if they were true friends like they would totally understand well it took my roommate jess uh like five days to finally watch the episode <gasps> I act as if this is some horrible transgression, like, you know. <laughs> My friend who is a casual fan of Sailor Moon. Yeah, um, what did she think? She what liked did a it. casual fan She think? liked it a lot. Yeah. And I I mean, I think a lot of us were very nervous when we saw that kind of leaked clip. And yeah. we're like, oh, I don't know about this transformation sequence, but I got I was so charmed. Yeah. It was just so I cool think, to see a new Sailor Moon. I think that transformation sequence looks good except for when you catch her face in 3d it's like not good yeah um but still i I think i like the old transfer i was watching the old one and the old transformation sequence kind of feels better i think so i'm not gonna it's not like i'm not gonna watch every single episode and cry and love it and be like so excited that this thing that i love so much like got reinvented like that's like i feel like so many of us like loved it so hard that we, like, willed the universe into making this happen for us. Do you know what I mean? Completely. Like, we, I don't know. I kind of, I know it's hippy-dippy, but I feel like if you put the right attitude and the right, like, vibes and love out there, like, I feel like you get it. You get it back. I mean, I have I have a Sailor Moon tattoo. I you am, do? I have a Luna pen on my arm. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think I remember seeing it. Yeah, that everyone occasionally thinks is a adult toy. Um <laughs> But it is not. It is, it is It is. It is. the Luna pen. Um, so, I don't know. I had a lot of people being like, you, you must take this really seriously and, like, this better like, live up to your expectations. Your I'm just like, no. I mean, I'm. it's the same. Like, people get really crazy when something gets rebooted from their childhood and they'll say really terrible things like, oh, you know, this is horrible. It destroys the first one. And, like, first of all, it doesn't destroy the first one. Yeah. The first one still exists in a million seasons and it's still amazing. Yeah. 
and we get new Sailor Moon. I was totally guilty of that. Like, I was totally guilty of, like, seeing the first images and being so disappointed. And, like, I yeah. still don't love the character design, but um, seeing it move and, like, the story and the talking and it's, like, and I think it looks better than the initial images that were released. Like, yeah. I think it looks softer and smoother and less, like, sketchy and like the anatomy is like not quite as weird as what was released the legs seemed really spaghetti-ish in the first couple images really weird and the feet were like really big which is like i feel like the way naoko uh or miss naoko Takeuchi. i don't know what i should anyway naoko (laughs) the the author of it like mrs sailor moon that way like in the beginning but i feel like she got better oh yeah (laughs) after you draw 12 volumes of something like that not good way she used to do it. <laughs> I don't know. My fi- my hope is that ne- next season they'll find they'll maybe get a new character designer and like do it in another style. I think like they did in the old olden times because Sailor Moon Super S is like I think that looks so fucking cool. Like oh sorry, that's okay. You can it's a podcast. You can swear. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, I think it looks, it's like my favorite look of it all. Like, I just think like everyone looks so cool. And like, even now, like it still looks like more current than the style that it's in right now. You know? Mm-hmm. I think but so too. It doesn't look like the manga. So I understand that they didn't want to go that way. Yeah. I'm stoked. I was really sad when I found out it was only every two weeks. Oh, I know. Like last, last Sunday. <sighs> Saturday. Comes yeah. out Saturday. A Saturday, I was like, oh, new Sailor Moon. And then someone told me it was, like, not on this week. And I was like, no. <laughs> How are we supposed to live? <laughs> I don't know. We're very, like, we're very lucky to have our fandom, like, rebooted and have it not be completely horrible. So, like, in that way, I think we're, we lucked out. I think it's, it's. The it could be, like, the Ninja Turtles. Like, it could be that. It that could way. be Michael, is it Michael Bay that's doing the scary Ninja Turtles? Oh. Of course it is. It is this. Those faces legitimately are hard for me to look at. And the nerd one has like glasses, and and <laughs> they're like taped together in the middle because he's the nerd one. <laughs> okay. I can't handle it. Their faces are so like in the in the trailer when it's maybe, like Megan Fox is looking at one of the maybe, turtles. Maybe we're judging too early. <laughs> and he takes off the the like ribbon or the mask, and I was. I, like, shifted in my chair. I'm like, ew! I also hate that. I mean, I'm sure she's a fine person. Yeah. But I also hate that Megan Fox is April. Yeah. O'Neil. I liked her in Jennifer's body because she's, like, a crazy murdering succubus. And I feel like <laughs> she plays that very well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. She's... That's a great movie, in my opinion. But she's well-casted. In yeah. That. <laughs> but and you did some uh you did some Ninja Turtles fan art for is it a gallery nucleus show? Gallery Nucleus, yeah. It's it's an amazing gallery in LA and they always have these like um big sponsored shows. Like they just like that that one was, that Ninja Turtles one was sponsored by Nickelodeon. What? Yeah. And wow. um they even posted about it on their their like their website and I mean not their website, their Facebook page. That's crazy. Um, and like they just did a How to Train Your Dragon one with DreamWorks, and I, I'm, I said I'd be in some, but I think I might have to tell them no now. You got, you <laughs> got a couple things. To be in to like do. an Adventure Time one coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Sorry, we'll have time. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> well, it was. It's. 
that's just crazy. Like, I, I can't even imagine sort of the, the shift from working on kind of fan art and doing a lot of, I mean, illustration for yourself, but also for the internet to being a full-time comic artist. I can't even be full-time right now. Well, though, not full-time, yeah. Hasbro. Right. So it's like I'm juggling a lot. Um, but luckily, I'm kind of used to it because when I was working, I was a game artist, like, up till a couple months ago. Okay. And I, the reason— Like video game or board game? Uh, app, apps. Apps. I was oh, crazy. Um, for this great app called Elevate, people should download it. It'll help you like speak better and write better, and it's for making you smart. <laughs> Had to plug my old company there. I um, like it. But but yeah, um, I was doing that, and I would work all day, and then I would come home, and then I would like draw on my own, like every night, mm-hmm. and. I remember at one point I was just like, come, I was like walking home and I was just like so bitter and I was like, what am I doing it for? Like, who am I trying to impress? Like, all I do is like I get up and I work and then I go home and then I work and then I get up again and I work and then I don't go out really late on Friday because I have to work all day on Saturday because it's like I have whole hours like all day to myself. So, and like I, I was walking home one day and I was like really feeling curmudgeon about the whole thing. And then like that next day, like Hasbro wanted me to come out here for like an, a long time. And um, they're like encouraging me to like quit my full time job because they would like promise me like a lot of work. And um, I also heard from DC, like from an editor that day. Wow. So it was like, it was like, it didn't become real until I heard from that editor. Like before that, it was just like talks with Cameron and stuff. And he was yeah. like, okay, it's like, it's down to you and one other person. And I'm like, okay, like I'll get excited. when like, I just <laughs> Yeah, don't not, tell me that. I was not like. <laughs> I had a very, I, I had a similar experience. I excited and get like disappointed if I didn't get it. And it just felt like such a crazy reach. And I even, I remember talking to him about Hasbro and he was like he's like well I don't know about you know like this backroll things like still in the air so you should take that job and I was like okay yeah I'm gonna go I'm gonna go work for them and uh I, I committed two months and that way like if backroll happened like I could I could uh I could be I could have given them the two months and still like do, be able to do backroll but it's gotten so popular and it's huge it yeah, uh, they want some stuff early now, so uh, I'm over. It's overlapping a little bit, so it's I, a little crazy right now. But I'm you, my whole my whole story is that I'm used to it, so I should be okay. I think it I'm comes okay. from that same kind of place. I mean, you really sort of hit it when you're talking about Sailor Moon. It's just like if we want this bad enough, it might happen. Yeah, and I feel like this Batgirl is like that for a lot of people. Like, yeah, we're getting it from Marvel. Yeah, And now it's like, because it's just, I mean, for the longest time, that's been the discussion in the Valkyries is like, oh man, like all these Marvel comics, like they're finally sort of starting to take notice of their their big female audience. And and the joke was always like, oh yeah, no, this is never going to happen at DC. And then when Cameron started talking to me about this Batgirl, I'm just like, no fucking way. Really? And everybody, like, just so excited. And I, I feel it's like... Be, don't you think it's um, Mark Doyle's doing, like... I when I first started talking to Cameron, I was like I was like kind of researching DC, and I, mm-hmm. I heard I read that he just recently took over all the Bat titles, and then all this like cool Bat stuff is happening. I think well, yeah, because Gotham Bat- Academy looks so cool too. Yeah, and that's gonna be yeah, awesome. Yeah, Brendan's on that one too. Brendan's writing for that. Yeah, one. and Brendan's is it like, him and Becky are writing it? 
Him and Becky are writing Becky it, Clinton. and then Carl Carl Kershaw. Yes, Carl yes. Kershaw is drawing it, and yeah. his drawings are really good. That's going to be really awesome great. too. And we were all really excited about that. And then you know it was so because I knew. I knew the Batgirl was coming, and I saw all these girls in the group, like, freaking out about Gotham Academy, and I'm just sitting there, like, clacking my fingernails like, together. You, <laughs> like, yeah. you just <laughs> wait. Because, <laughs> obviously, it is very exciting. I love that Becky Cloonan is, is writing some comics and stuff now. Like, anything she can have her hands in, I'm I'm down to buy it, because I love her and her stuff. Yeah, I do love her art, but I didn't know she was in ri- a writer. Well, it, I... I don't I mean she writes uh, all her sort of creator own stuff? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she's done like the Meyer and Demeter and Wolves and and when that all got connected into By Chance of Providence, like that's all her writing and drawing. And so it's kind of it's neat to see her writing too. Because I don't know whatever Becky Cloonan can be involved in, I'm 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 happy about it. <laughs> yeah, the bo- and you know I know the boys were really nervous about um about having like. Like taking over the title and having changing it from like a girl writer, Gail to Simone to two boys, and so they were really adamant about getting some girl, girl uh, artists on the team. That's really that's why he got me and um, Jordy, Mm -hmm. and I think that's really cool. And even even now, like even that, even now while they're writing, like they'll still they'll ask me like my thoughts on things, and I'll collaborate with Cameron a lot. like even like a like a little bit of story stuff, they'll like they'll ask they'll like ask my input, which I think is really cool. Like first off, I'm like nobody, so like they don't really have to listen to me. But like to take a girl's point of view, nobody who to like know bad girl. Like no, <laughs> you like can't no do that point. anymore. You can't be like I'm nothing. I know. I guess that's true. Well, you know, I, I can draw, but like. But the story stuff is like you know I'm I'm not I would never like be like oh I can write something <laughs> so you know I don't know if my suggestions are always like the best like for the story but um, like girl girl stuff wise like I know like oh like mm, she wouldn't really like that wouldn't really this would be how that would go <laughs> you know like and they're like oh yeah well yeah lady stuff yeah okay <laughs> I think it's really neat I mean I love kind of a gender balanced creative team. Almost everything I work on is for male artists, and it wasn't like that on purpose. It just kind of is what keep ha- keeps happening. But like in Bravest Warriors, like my editor is a man and a woman. Ian is drawing it, and then it's colored by a woman. And like it's, it's a very sort of gender balanced creative team, and I like that a lot. And it's cool that that girl is like that. I mean, especially with Jordy on colors, because I find her coloring really influences the story too, because it's yeah, it's so good. Um, we have um we have some really neat like. Uh, types of scenes coming up where she like we did this like Sherlock Holmes sort of thing mm-hmm. um, she like goes into her mind space and I think you know Jordy's coloring style is really going to sing with that kind of with that kind of with those parts it's really it's exciting I'm I mean I know Gail Simone's run is super beloved and I know I'm sure she's working on something awesome right now because if she she's was gonna, she's going to kill it whatever she's yeah, doing whatever she's doing I mean it's Gail Simone but, um, and I think people don't have to worry that she's not going to be making comics. She will always, always be making comics. But it, I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, I'm always fairly optimistic about, I'm not usually the person to be like, oh, they announced this. It's so stupid. Like, I'm the guy that's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they're doing this thing. I'm so excited. I mean, you've seen me. Lady been, Thor? What do you think about that? I don't, I don't know how I feel about it because there was already Valkyrie. 
and obviously I have a soft spot for Valkyries. But um, uh-huh. I, I'm, again, my first reaction is I will read the first issue. And yeah, if it's good, good, I will keep that's buying it. I think I that's like- the way you have to be. I mean, especially, you know, where I come at it from the retail side. And I work at the comic shop. And I used to be full-time. I just work, like, once a week now. But dealing with people day in and day out who have these crazy instinctual responses to something that's just an announcement or just a picture or just a teaser. Yeah. And they're, like, spitting fire about it before yeah. it even exists. And that makes me crazy. Because I'm like, what? I mean, good for you that your life is so decent that this is something you can get really angry about. Because <laughs> obviously, if you're that mad about this costume change or, like, that character moving to a different city, then, like, your life's pretty good. There's, but um, There was one guy that, like, I noticed he sent me, like, two really nasty messages. And um, he also, like, was harassing Cameron. And, and I was just laughing. I was like, oh, he's just going through the team. Because at first I thought felt really bad because I've gotten a couple messages where they thought all the girly stuff was like my doing, mm-hmm. like like they put they look at my art and they look at that I'm you know they see I'm a woman and I think they see the way the ba- the direction goes and they think like oh like look bad this must be Babs is doing you know and um it's really it's really not like all this like all that great stuff is like the boys like that that was their initial concept from the get go and. It's really fun, and I think it's great that they're, they see that there's, like, a need for that kind of thing. I think it's exciting. I think it's really cool that Cameron is super pushing for it, and I've definitely seen that because I've been talking to him as this has sort of been coming together, and, you know, it's it's not something that he's kind of half-assed about. Like, he's in this to make change, and I think all of you guys have this have this what seems like a very cohesive kind of vision and it's something that people obviously want so badly just a change just something that they can start reading like I I talk all the time about the fact that when a 12 year old girl comes into my comic shop there's no DC titles I can sell her there's nothing like the bad titles are all too violent they're not they're not interested in super peripheral characters and they're not interested in stuff that's really gory and so there are lots of comics for them but not from from DC right now. And this is something that, I mean, as far as I can tell, a 12 or 13-year-old girl will lose her shit over. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that is... It might be a little too old for that. Well, age. like a, a slightly mature 13-year-old, maybe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> me at 13. Because <laughs> I was always watching and reading stuff that was too old for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're at least, you know, teen girls or new readers or guys, like, people who are, get into superheroes through the movies or just through hearing about it and then don't want to read, you know, 500 issues of something or don't want to have to read 17 different titles at a time. Like, I think there's a lot to be said for making something accessible and making something new and exciting. And I think, you know, it seems to me that this is what you guys are doing and I'm stoked about it. Me too. Uh I, like I said earlier, like, I'm kind of jealous that this didn't exist when I was younger. And I think, like, you know, because you know my art and I'm mm-hmm. going to make every – it's going to be, like, Archie comics where, like, the girls are always wearing different outfits. And, yeah. like, you know, I'm going to try to make each one have their own style and each issue is going to have, like, different fashions in it. And um, their faces are going to look cute. And I know that sounds like, oh, bad. It's like, come on, like – People don't look disformed in comics, but, like, I feel like I look at some panels by, like, some artists, and they just, like, their, their faces are weird. I don't know. I'm just trying. 
I'm going to try to make them look like cute. <laughs> well, I mean, I grew up on RT2 and I was reading this Trina Robbins book um, on this crazy uh, long plane ride that I had recently that's all about sort of the history of girls comics and um, how when comics first started, when it was timely comics and when Archie was first coming out, like girls were the majority consumers of comic books because it was Archie and because it was Katie Keene. And I would assume that you love Katie Keene. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I it kind of like there's flavors of that, obviously, that influences a little bit. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think if people have kind of a negative knee jerk response there for every one of those people, I think there's like 100 girls who are like, oh, man, there's nothing like that right now. Yeah. Like uh, I think Cameron definitely he treated something that was so true. And he was like for every 40 year old dude that doesn't like it you know, is they're like worth one girl that is like all about it. So, you know, or 20 girls that are like all about it. So it's like, I think it's totally, it's true. totally true. Like, I, you know, like we did have a couple of people say nasty things, but, but there's so much of an outpour of love. It really just felt like a fly, like buzzing around your head. You know, you're like, ah, ah. you know, yeah. like it was, it was pretty cool. I've never I hope, seen such a unanimous. I hope everyone loves it when it comes out. Like now I'm really near, like now it's like, it's like game time. And people should pre-order it, right, Babs? They should pre-order it. They should pre-order it. I don't think – I think my dad went to the comic shop today and tried to pre-order it. And yeah. I think you can't for, like, another week maybe. Really? Or you can subscribe, but dad was, like, trying to pre-order, like, 50 issues or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's something he couldn't do yet, and he was like, Ooh. Well, for people who do want to give a specific uh, pre-order code for Batgirl, it is AUG, as an AUG, 140285, um, which I think is going to be in the next issue of previews, like the full solicitation, I would assume. Um, so, yeah. But that is, uh, if you're comic, if you, I mean. Or just say Batgirl 35. You want Batgirl 35. Batgirl 35. That works, too. Um, before I uh, let you get back to, I'm sure, an enormous pile of work, um, yes. you're a person like myself who is on Tumblr and, uh, like, I don't, do you read a lot of sequential comics, like stuff that sort of monthlies, or are you more an internet comic and um, art person? Like, I've read Kate Beaton stuff. Like, I know, like, if something is making the rounds, like, of course I'll read it because it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cameron has been really awesome. He's been, like, recommending me things to read. So I've been trying out um, Daredevil. Oh, yeah, the newer one with Chris yeah. Henney on the art? Yes. And yes. they're gorgeous. So pretty. They're so pretty. And I love his artwork and his use of, like, the black blocking. Like, this, mm-hmm. that's kind of something I've never tried before. So I'm going to try to, like, incorporate some of that. Mm-hmm. And then um, he gave me Hawkeye, My Life as a Weapon. Yeah. Hawkeye's so good. Which is also really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love uh, Kate. What's her name? His assistant. The new Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. I yeah. really love her outfit in that one. Her, uh, The artist who does her stories, Annie Wu, I feel like is someone that you would either know or be a fan of. Um, Annie was my classmate in See? college. See? I knew it. <laughs> and um, we even had at our commencement show, like our our stuff was like, like, right next to each other. <laughs> she's, she's somebody I've been following since you guys were probably in school together. Annie's amazing. She's she's just, like, even in school, like, she was just on another level. Yeah, she's awesome. Well, you guys are both incredible. And, you know, I love her Batgirl Beyond. Like, I don't know why that's not, like, an ongoing thing. Yeah, that was really cool. Her Just her doing any comic stuff any, I get so excited any, about. Anything, anything Annie's doing is awesome. Yeah, at any given time. <laughs> 
Well, that's good stuff. I mean, those are very solid recommendations. Wait, I've got a couple. I got one more. Do it. Um, Deadly Class. Oh, man. That's so good. Which is really cool. Um, I This is probably... I really liked Daredevil because it's like pretty sassy. Pretty, he's pretty sassy. I never realized how sassy he was because before I read this, um, I was only only knew about the horrible, the not so good movie that was made. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, his character is really cool, and this Deadly Class one is pretty pretty fun too. Did you read the last one? There's this really trippy like drug sequence that they drew. Yeah, all the acid stuff. It's so cool. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. So anyway, I'm trying to like gauge how much detail the artists are doing in the backgrounds and stuff because mm-hmm. um, that's kind of something I've got to like kind of develop a style as I'm drawing like my comic styles I'm drawing right now, and it's kind of neat to see like okay, this is are like, you are you throwing things at your microphone right now? <laughs> no, sorry, I was like I was like looking at the comics while I was talking. Oh, about okay. Um, have you read uh, Have you read Batgirl Year One yet? No, I okay. haven't. Um, and just in terms of for you and anybody, because I am not a, I'm not an extensive Bad Girl reader, but Bad Girl Year One, uh, who the, it's the same. It's I think it's Marcos Martin doing the art on that one, and he's incredible. And that one is uh, it's like you know Bad Girl's first year, kind of. I mean, I mean an old continuity Bad Girl, but um, it comes in a book with Robin Year One, which is drawn by Javier Polito, who's the current artist on She Hulk. And their styles are fairly similar, um, but it's. I think you would really, really like it. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. That and is a great recommendation. I also really like the Stephanie Brown run on Batgirl, which was like she was Batgirl for a while instead of uh, Barbara Gordon, which was it was a fun. It's more. It's more focusing on like a girl having fun and being kind. Of, it's a little. It's a lot more lighthearted. What was that one? Uh, it's. Uh, it's. I think it's just called Batgirl, but it's like Stephanie Brown. It's when she's. Bad girl, and it comes. Okay. I think it might be out of print right now, which is really stupid. But you can find it. Oh my god, I'm so excited to go. Just in a ask comic your DC shop. people; they'll get it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to go in a comic shop. But I remember picking up these comics like that Cameron recommended like a month ago. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, I was like looking up what I wanted, and he was like, "Is this like for a present for someone or something?" Oh my god! Oh no, that's. Horrible. I know. I was like, uh, no. Go in next time with a shirt that says "I draw bad girl." <laughs> I know. I want to go back and be like. Oh, yeah, I'd like to pre-order this. I've heard that for so many people. I mean, all the girls working on Lumberjanes have had that experience, and I, I just want them to go up to the counter and be like. Uh, yeah, that's a, who did that great um Noelle, Noelle. Stevenson yeah. did, like, something that just struck such a chord with me. And uh, she did that comic about going into a shop and, like, getting, like, treated, like, you know, not taking seriously. And I just, that who hasn't felt that in, like, one of those shops, you know? Yeah, definitely. I I think at the end of it, she, like, ended up not standing up for herself. But I think that's, you know, I remember blogging it and saying a little something like, like, not that she was wrong, but it's like, I feel like you could totally, like, sass those guys back. Like, if they're going to be that blatantly rude to you, like, you should definitely, like, you yeah, should definitely, yeah. like, put them in their place just a little bit. Take up space. I feel like once that, that gate is open, like, oh, you're going to be rude? Okay, let's play. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, Babs, where, so you're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con and you're going to be at Boston Comic-Con. Are you anywhere else this year? Um, Let me think. I'm going to go, I have a table at CTNX, which is like an animation uh, uh, expo. And where's that? It's in, 
It's in like an the LA area. Okay. I don't think it's quite in LA. I think it might be in Anaheim or something, but it's definitely near there. And then I'm going to be at uh, Emerald City Comic Con, but that one might be next year. Yeah, Emerald City's in uh, in the spring. And then I will hopefully um, be there as well. To, I applied for a table at Ape, so we'll see. If I, I can't can. see you not getting into anywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear a fun story? I I hear a fun story. (laughs) Um, New York Comic Con, I applied to them, and they did not give me a table. I imagine they're probably going to change their minds. I have one now. (laughs) They comp DC a bunch of tables, and I have DC's comp tables. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I have to use Boom to get into some conventions, so it's fine. I was like... Do what you got to do. I don't... Oh, yeah, I was just... It felt good to like get the table at the end of the I day. That. <laughs> um, so if people want to find grandfather people in, I think that yeah. might, you know. Um, if people want to find you online, you have a couple tumblers, right? Is it Babs 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 is you or? Yep, uh, Babs 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 dot com. It's like my portfolio fancy tumbler. Mm-hmm. It's like a fancy. It's my portfolio, but it's also a tumbler, so you can follow it. Um, but if you want to see like my day to day, like doodly things, um, babsdraws.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it's just babsdraws across the board, like on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, um, all that jazz. And Batgirl 35 comes out October 8th. October 8th. It's happening. NYCC is going to be crazy. It is. Oh, man. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> well, good luck at San Diego. It's coming up damn soon. Um, I cannot wait to see photos of you and uh, the boys and all the cosplayers. I can't wait to meet them. I've, I haven't met the boys yet, so it'll be good to meet them in person. That'll be very exciting. Tell Cameron he has to do karaoke for you. He practices very hard. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I cannot imagine. <laughs> um, all right, Babs, thank you so much for talking to me, and I am so stoked for your series. All right, thank you for having me. Okay, bye. Bye. I know So that's it for another episode of Less Than Live. I am off to New York to go see Katy Perry with a caravan of friends, but I'll be back in a couple weeks with some special guests I'm pretty excited about. In the meantime, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter at LTLcast or at lessthanlivecast.tumblr.com. Download an audiobook. I told you before, but I mean it. It's audibletrial.com forward slash less than live. And there are, I mean, it's free. And there's a billion audiobooks. So just, I mean, try it. What do you got to lose? Um, If you need more things to listen to, you can get our very catchy theme song playing behind me on iTunes by looking up less than live or through villagesoundcast.com if you are listening to this outside of iTunes. That's all for this week, everybody. Read more comics. I don't know how you don't know this by now, but this was a Village Soundcast Network original production.